This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This hour, we'll talk a little Giants and Yankees. And, of course, at the bottom of the hour, we'll head out to the ballpark and hear from Aaron Boone and the crew deep in the heart of Texas where the Yankees got a 3-1 win tonight, but no home run number 62 for Aaron Judge. And Gordon, I'll just ask you this before we go back to the Giants. Are you starting to wonder, is this going to happen? Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it took too long to get to 61. Um, I mean, he's had some – I have not been as locked in with the Yankees because there's nothing, you know, that much to play for in terms of the, the – before the playoffs start, mm-hmm. except for, you know, seeing how individual guys play and, and to see if Judge hit 62. So I've not seen every single at-bat here the weekend, but it does seem like he's had some pitches to hit and he's just kind of missing them right now. But – he still has a few days here, so we'll see if he can get, you know, just to get one more. I don't need 65. I don't need 64. Right. Just to get to 62 would be nice. Does he – this is weird because I heard Rothenberg Saturday morning uh, saying that, you know, it, it's great to get 61, but you got you got to get 62. You don't want to be tied. Do you feel <laughs> that way too? Uh, I mean, look, I'd like him to get 62, I mean, mm-hmm. it would be better to pass Roger Maris than to mm-hmm. be tied with him. But yeah. if he doesn't, I mean, I'll live. I think, I think everybody will live. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you ask me, he can get 62 or he can hit a really big one in the postseason and stay at 61. I think I know. I know you'll take. Yeah, I know, I know which one I'm taking. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so, Gordon, I found this interesting. And we'll hear from uh, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones in a second. Josina Anderson, our former colleague at ESPN, tweeted out that uh, Odo Beckham Jr. visited the Giants today. Yeah, I saw that. Hmm. I, I mean, they certainly do need receivers. Yes they do. yes, they do. I don't know where he is in his recovery from the injury he suffered in the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't know what his interest would be. You know, if he's coming back, I wouldn't think that he wants to. Come back to you know. Look, the Giants are three and one. Good for them. Yep, but I don't yep. think that they're. I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think that they're the type of team that's going to have some deep postseason run. So I right. would think that if Odell Beckham Jr. is healthy and is looking for employment, there would be far more contenders that he would want to sign with. But it is interesting. Odell is always. You can say lots about Odell. He's always interesting. He's always interesting. Giants got a better record than the Niners right now, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the Niners the are two and two. Rams are two and two. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, it's been a weird, it's been it a has. strange year. It has to start already. The season. Already it has. It already it has. With, uh, you know, the, the Packers needing overtime to beat the, the, the Patriots. How about Geno Smith? Geno! Geno! Who would have that? thought? That's one I would definitely not have it's unbelievable. And they anticipated. Put 40 points, Gordon. I, and they were back and forth. Yes. That would have been the, a good cover five game. Yeah, the the Lions, um, the Lions, I think have the the number one offense in the NFL. The problem is, is their defense is so bad; it's like historically bad. Mm. Like they might give up on this pace, they might give up the most points in the history of the NFL. Wow, wow. So, Gordon, let's go back to yesterday's Giants game. Right, there's a situation. Daniel Jones hurts his ankle, comes mm-hmm. out. Here comes Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor suffers a concussion. So Daniel Jones has got to come back if he can, but he said he knew he was coming back. Listen. Yeah, I mean, I knew I was going back in. I thought, you know, I knew we'd be creative kind of in how we'd scheme up certain runs to 
to keep it moving forward. But, you know, I knew I was going back in. I felt good about it. The communication is that, you know, obviously I wanted to go in and, and considering the game and how it was playing out, it probably wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't the best thing for the team. So uh, when Tyrod went down, I, I knew I was going back in. But before he went back in, Gordon, you realize who was next at quarterback? Yeah, that would have been fun to watch. A little Saquon Barkley yeah. doing it all. Yeah, and here's what Saquon had to say when he realized he was next at QB. When I saw Tyrod go down, I kind of realized, like, oh, I'm up next. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm the quarterback. So, uh, like I said, it really – I think, first of all, you got to give credit to DJ coming back in the game. You know, that's – he's uh, – I can't curse. He's a tough, you know what, you know what I mean, and none but respect for him and – to, to go in there and continue to fight through that for his team just this shows you the type of person, the type of player he is. But I, I think, you know, I, I just tried my best to read it. It's really not that hard, I guess, but I think I made the right reads on him. But uh, like I said, we were able to keep the ball moving, get downfield, get some points, and defense did a great job for us. You could almost say, Gordon, he did a better job than Daniel Jones. Well, I mean, Daniel Jones was running pretty well. <laughs> I he mean, was. they kept he running was. that one play, and it, it was working. And, and you know, in fairness to Daniel Jones, it's, Saquon's been good. Yes. And, and uh, Andrew Thomas has done a nice job at mm-hmm. left tackle, but it's yep. not exactly like he – you know, the, the offense is not the greatest show on turf between <laughs> who's playing and who's not playing. And, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay's out there, and you, you never see um, Kadarius Toney at any point, and – Sterling Shepard's hurt now, so I mean it's not they don't they're not loaded with talent, but they're they're generating enough offense to to win these games. So uh, credit to Daniel Jones, and it does you know I mentioned this we weren't we weren't on on Friday, mm-hmm. but the K Show had um, Mike Tannenbaum on, right? And he had mentioned that he could foresee a scenario where the Giants and Jones after the season, even though Jones is not going to show you, hey, look, he's definitely this franchise guy that they could come up with some sort of contract extension for him where he sticks around, they stick with him, and they try to improve the other areas of the team while sticking with him for the next couple of years. That's something that I've kind of wondered here for a while. Does it have to be that he proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is definitely the guy, or can you see enough progress where the the Giants might stick with him beyond this year, even though there's probably going to be warts in his game still? Uh, I, I do think that the Giants really like his 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 mindset and his you know his personality, and with the amount of holes that they're going to have to fill, I could definitely see something where he's not going to break the bank. They're not going to give him you know 150 million dollars, but they they come to some sort of agreement with Daniel Jones, and it's the best thing for the Giants, and it's the best thing for Jones. Yeah, and it's interesting because. They're putting him in positions, Gordon, where they're doing things that he likes, right? They're they're Mm -hmm. putting him in spots where he can succeed and at least be a functional quarterback in the National Football League. He's a game manager now. Yeah. That's what he is. And and, but he's a game manager with a more creative offensive guy's mind. So he looks a little better. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that might be the way to go because, you, like you said, you're rebuilding. You don't – and listen, you <laughs> you may have to bring Saquon Barkley back, Gordon. Yeah, that one is uh, – You may look, have to bring him back. He's been fantastic. He's looked great. But we know the history of second contracts with running backs, and it's uh, it's almost always a mistake. It's not good. It's, it's, just a, it's just a matter of when that will turn out to be the case. So 
Um, I am, I am not there yet, and I would mm-hmm. be kind of surprised if this coaching staff, uh, not the coaching staff, the, the, this regime, this this front office is going to sink a ton of money into a running back on a second contract. Mm-hmm. But we shall see, and who knows? Maybe it does turn out. There's been some rumblings that you know before the trade deadline. Maybe some team comes knocking on the Giants' door. There was reports in the offseason that the Giants were shopping Barkley. Nobody bit at the price where the Giants were looking for. Would have alleviated a lot of their salary cap concerns. But maybe before the trade deadline this year, somebody says, hey, you know what? Saquon Barkley in our offense, that's the missing piece. And would the Giants jump at that chance now where he's been – Clearly their best offensive player. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. So, Gordon, you heard what Sexy Rexy had to say. Trade Barkley, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Rex, it's not about this year. But, see, he's got that coaching mentality, you know. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, uh, if you're worried about right now, yeah, I mean, Saquon Barkley's been great for four games. He's been everything that you could envision this year, but he has not exactly been the picture of health here over his time with the Giants, and it's not just about this year. Uh, It's about, you know, you have to ask your question, is Saquon Barkley going to be in our long-term plans? Are we going to take – a sizable part of our our salary cap, and we're going to sign a running back who's been injured in three of the five seasons, assuming he stays healthy this year, who has been injured in three of the five seasons that he has been here. And a running back who will now be going into a second contract and the history of all that. Uh, is that what we're, is that the way we're going to design this team? Because right now we're at a blank slate, right? I mean, this, mm-hmm. this regime, they don't get the blame of, of anything and it's a rebuilding situation. We realize that. So, are you actually going to take a sizable part of your, your salary cap and sign Saquon Barkley to a big second contract? And, you know, if you're talking about a second contract, maybe it's, it's, it's slightly less than some other guys, but, you know, Christian McCaffrey's making $16 million a year. True. Alvin Kamara's making fifteen a year. Ezekiel Elliott's making fifteen a year. Derek Henry's making twelve a year on average. Uh, Aaron Jones is making twelve. So you're going to sign a, a running back to a contract of somewhere, you know, twelve, thirteen million dollars. Is that what you want to do? Uh, well, according to Mike Tannenbaum, the answer, Gordon, is yes. I don't let him go if I'm the Giants. Take the RB off his position. He's a great player. You know, we're in the business of acquiring productive, high character players. If I'm the Giants, I'm talking about an extension. Now, look, we could fight about guarantees and average per year value of the position. I get that, but. You win championships with guys like Saquon Barkley. And again, if you're building, you know, from a foundation standpoint, he's going nowhere if it was up to me. What do you think, Gordon? (laughs) I mean, can you show me the last Super Bowl champion who was Mm -hmm. uh, running with, you know, primarily uh, one, you know, a bell cow running back? Or is it generally more? It doesn't really happen anymore. Mm -mm. Nope. Uh, so, uh, I mean, with all due respect to everybody's opinions, um, you know, the Rams won the Super Bowl last year, right? Did they have mm-hmm. a, a bell cow running back? Nope. No. Nope. Uh, Tampa Bay, you know? Nope. Uh, not Fournette's really. not no. a bell cow running back. Yeah, I mean, they, they had other guys mixed in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, again, they got him, you know, when he was – I think he was released by the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. But they weren't paying him some major money. Uh, Kansas City – no, nope. they, I mean, they, they bring guys in and out. Patriots, 
uh, mm, before that. Not anymore. Was, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were the they, they won the Super Bowl four years ago, right? Patriots. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it just doesn't. It just that's not the way teams are built anymore. I mean, the Patriots yeah. haven't done that since clock killing Corey Dillon. <laughs> right. I mean, it's been a long time. You know that that, you don't that position that has that position has changed because of the yeah. amount of wear and tear on that position. I mean, all the things and the reasons why nobody drafts a running back number two overall. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a it's a position that teams have figured out that it's not really valuable to invest in that position. A quarterback, you, you, if you if you nail that quarterback, you probably got him for 12 to 15 years. You got a receiver, you probably have him for 10 years. Yeah. You get five good years out of a running back, that's a lot. Yeah, it's true. I mean, now listen, if Derrick Henry ever gets there, that would be the exception. But I don't see yeah, him getting there. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that he's there. already started to decline. Decline. Yeah, a little bit. It's, it's hard. It's, it's hard taking that punishment, Gordon. It's you a need... hard position, absolutely. Listen, and there's a bunch of ex-running backs that will tell you about it. <laughs> a and, bunch it, of and them. It, it's one position where it's like, hey, this guy's the best. Mm-hmm. And then you snap your fingers, and all of a sudden, oh, wow, that guy, he's kind of lost a step. Yeah, absolutely. Mike's in Queens. What's up, Mike? If I was a Giants fan, I know I've got issues with the QB, Daniel Jones, the talent around him. But at least they got a head coach. This Sunday, they lose both quarterbacks, and and Brian Dable and company just plug right along, go wildcat, take on Barkley, and keep moving, and act like it's all okay. Uh, a lot of coaches under that condition would fold. You know, it's tough. You got no key, but they go right along, and you gotta love in Tennessee. Jones throws that bad interception. Dable walks up, right, walks right up to him. And that was a very unpleasant conversation for Daniel Jones. Uh, the GM, the man, you got to give. I mean, they have to. They have no cap space. They have to release their best cornerback. So the GM can't do a darn thing. Got no money. But if I'm the Giants, there's time to build up talent. But if I'm a Giants fan, at least I got the head coach, a CEO coach, a guy that doesn't is an offensive minor but can delegate power, lead the team, CEO type guy. A GM, and if you're a Giants fan, compared to Joe Judge and, and the past regime, and Dave Gettleman got it, he, he was a disaster. If, if I'm a Giants fan, at least at least we got that. Jones, that's another issue, but uh, you got the coach. Step one. And that's the main thing, Mike. Thanks for the phone call, Gordon. Is to start with with the coach in the front office with a plan. Okay, and 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 listen, I agree with him in this sense, Gordon. You have a coach who has. Not and I'm not ready to use that change the culture yet. But what right. he has done is he's been able to have them prepared for just about anything, and that's that's very very important, very important that you you for a player to know that his coach is ready for just about anything and will always put him in the position that he can be successful. That's what you, that's what the coaches are supposed to do. Yeah, and and I mean, considering who he was replacing, <laughs> well, uh, that certainly is a is a breath of fresh air, right? Like yeah, it, it is. it's an actual, you know, like what he is saying to you after games actually makes sense when you watch the game, as opposed mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. what Joe Judge would tell you. Oh, we're really close. We're close <laughs> to turning this around. I like a lot of the things I see on tape. Wow, what are we talking? What are you talking about? <laughs> what so, tape are you no. watching? <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, Brian Dayball took a long time to get. He was he, his name was out there you know, for a while, a few years. 
a lot of different coaching stops. So, I mean, it's still, you know, it's great that you're having some early success because that allows you to, you know, have guys buy into to what you're selling. Whereas if they had been, you know, one and three at this point, mm-hmm. it might have been a little bit tougher. Yeah. But again, this isn't a, to me, this is an evaluation year. And right. at least in terms of the coach, if you, you have to feel good about where you're at considering what he has at his disposal. There's no question about it. I mean, you know, listen, Gellerman has made Giant fans forget about Jerry Reese. <laughs> because yeah. Well, I mean, look, Jer- to- Oof, Jerry, I mean, Jerry Reese, he had Super Bowl titles on his resume, yeah. you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's- and near the end, he, listen, I'm not saying he was great. No. I'm not. Near the end, he had issues with the offensive line, too. You know, but I mean, compared to what Gellerman was able to do, I mean, give me a break. Oof. That was uh, that, that was a rough, oh. a rough time. It was a, it was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just rough; it was brutal. It was brutal. Gordon, it's about that time. You feeling ready to uh, mind meld with the Yankee skipper tonight? I got I got to pick up my game. The playoffs are right around the corner, and I've been slacking. I've been I've been slumping. Yeah, well, you know, listen, the, the, you you had a couple of August games, but I'm, I know you're ready. You're back. And we'll uh, check that out next. We head to the ballpark down in Arlington, Texas. We'll hear from the Yankee manager about the Yankee win. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Every night on the show, Monday through Thursday, Following Dan Grassa here on 9870 ESPN. That's when Gordon and I take you to the ballpark to hear from the managers and the players from both the Mets and the New York Yankees. The Mets were rained out tonight. Great. They needed to wash off the stench from this weekend, Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, how did you do on your cover five this week? Any better? Uh two and three. Okay. Two and three. So I'm I'm out of the I'm out of the 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 places that begin with a one. Okay. That's, o- that's I mean, always 1, a good start. Not yeah, one. That's, that's 1, always 000. a good start. So I'm, I'm moving up to middle of the pack. You that's, know, do I, you know what? You just want to you just want to be lost in the in the sea of humanity, right? You just don't want to be down near the bottom. I got no, you. No, no, no. I want to be middle of the road. Midland. I want to be Midland. At least so so at least I'm I'm swimming with the fish, not dead with the <laughs> Right. I got you. The, the the sunken ships at the bottom of the ocean. That's where I've been for a while. All right, Gordon, let's head to Arlington, Texas. That's where the Yankees won 3-1. The story here was Luis Severino, Gordon. Seven innings, no hits. No hits, no runs. Seven strikeouts, 94 pitches, 63 for strikes. So, Luis, what did you think of Aaron Boone's decision to pull you with a no-no? I mean, nobody wants to go out, you know, take out, wants to, you know, somebody to take it out in that situation. But, you know, I understand, you know, I've been out for for a couple months, and I think I threw 90-something pitches. And the start before this one, it was like 70-something. So I, I think it was, it was the, a good decision. You know, I don't want to go out there and hurt myself and not be good for the postseason. You know, we're looking for the bigger picture. All right, Sevi, uh, what was that conversation like when Boone went to the, when Bull talked to you and said, you're out? I was trying to, you know, to fight him, but at the end, you know, you can't do nothing about it. You know, you know, he told me, hey, you out. Like, what do you think? You know, like I said, I'm going to die out there. But, you know, it was so it was not a great idea to go out there and, and push it to 100, you know, 15 pitches. Luis, would you have completed the no-no if you stayed in the game? 
thousand percent. Get a no hitter is tough. You know, you, you need all your your guys up there. But you know, how I was feeling, you know, how the fastball was, I feel I will go to. Well, I say this, Gordon. Nevertheless, it was a great sign. If he's going to be your number two, yeah, uh, that that's saying something. But here's the question: I think Cone and um, Cone and uh, Michael were talking about it. Uh, and I think Paul O'Neill was that Paul O'Neill? I never. I, I'm always confused with Paul because uh, he's never there. He's always in the right. room somewhere in, yes. in the soundproof booth. Yes. In the <laughs> uh, but they were, yeah. But they were talking about because he's been off. He's gonna be off for the next nine days. Gordon, how do you stay sharp? That would be my concern. It is going to be interesting to see how these teams deal with this because it is, it's the advantage, right? It's an advantage to have all this time off, but. If a team gets out of that time off and does not win that next series, people will say, ah, they see, they got flat. They, they had too much time off. They didn't know what to do with themselves. They lost their rhythm and everything else. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. We'll find out in about a week or so how that's going to turn out. All right, you know what time it is. It's time for Answers with Aaron. Gordon, we've got two for you tonight. Let's do it. Are you ready? I, I hope so. I think oh, so. Oh, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. All right, this is Aaron Boone. Was the conversation with Severino difficult? That is pulling him out. Was that right, conversation yeah, no, difficult? He, he will definitely say, no, not a difficult conversation. You know, I went to Seve. He understands, you know, we have bigger goals. And, uh, you know, he'll probably say that, um, you know, it might have been, uh, it, it, you know, he was just so electric and everything else that, you know, you didn't want to do it, but you had to do it. So it was not a tough it was not a tough call for him. It was the right call, and that's why he didn't hesitate. Aaron Boone, was the conversation with Sebi difficult? Yeah, I mean, it puts a little damper on the night, honestly. You know, that, it's not a fun thing to have to do when a guy, the highest land in the league, and, and you know, he's, he's out there doing his job at a really high and special level, and to have to be the one that shuts that down is, uh, yeah, not, not fun, but one you got to do. Wow, I'm stunned that he said it was. Yeah. I would have figured he would have said, nah, you know, he was at 94 pitches and everything else. But, uh, oh, wow, I'm really slumping. Number two, Aaron Boone. Any thought of pushing Sebi to go further? Well, look, I'm doubling down. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, no, no way I was going to, you know, 94 pitches, seven innings, uh, all the things I said about the last one. You know, we have bigger goals, and yes. uh, he understands, and – so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if, I, if I'm going down with the ship, I'm going down full bore, Larry. <laughs> Aaron Boone, any thoughts at all about pushing Sebi to go further? No, it's just still a st- decision that sucks to have to make because he was, you know, very efficient too. You know, the decision would have been if he was through eight at that point. You know, I didn't really want to go more than ninety with him today. I was gonna try and let him finish that seventh inning no matter what. You know, but with it only being the seven, you know, I, the biggest thing I told him, you know, obviously he wanted to stay in and go back out there. I think he understood is I, I wasn't gonna take him to 120, 125, 130 pitches tonight, and and that's where it probably would have had to go to, you know, to finish something like that. So had it been the eighth, that would have been a decision, and and I probably would have if it felt like he with sound let him go there you go well we, we wrapped it up 50 perfect perfect you, but you finished strong yeah it's just like having a horrible day on the golf course but you sunk a putt on the 18th hole you go up that's what you remember 
That's what the golf gods do to make you come back the next time. After you (laughs) promised yourself, that's it, I'm not doing this stupid thing anymore. That's what they do. You're right. Tomorrow, the Yankees have a doubleheader. Two opportunities for Aaron Judge to get number 62 in the opener. A little after 2.05, it'll be Jamison Tyon torn the rubber for the Yankees against Undecided. And then in the nightcap, it's Garrett Cole against John Gray. That's an 8.05 start. And I'm just going to say this. And, and listen, coming off my ace, having a no-show this weekend, you would like to see a really strong start and performance by Cole to ride into the postseason. You, you would like. <laughs> but he, like, even if he does, like, it's almost like he, he's damned. If he, he almost can't make up for it now, right? Like, if he goes yeah, out there yeah. and pitches eight innings, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, that's great, but that's not going to erase all the other starts we've seen where he gives up home runs left and right. It's all going to depend. At this point, it's all about the postseason. He has to go out in the postseason and pitch like the ace that he's being paid to, to be. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Mets will face Washington tomorrow. Single game, the doubleheader is on Wednesday. Tyron Walker will pitch for the Mets. And, of course, Atlanta will play with the Mets again in Miami where they lost tonight. So the Mets pick up a half game. So now a game and a half out. Jake Odorizzi against Braxton Garrett as Atlanta will face Miami. And that's our peak in the ballparks, Gordon, for this Monday night edition of ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. We'll go back and take a couple more phone calls and get your thoughts on uh, some NFL action over the weekend. I got to tell you, Gordon, uh, and I texted you yesterday, going back to the Jets-Pittsburgh game. Yeah. Kenny Pickett can sling the football. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he, can, he can throw sling it. Football. Yeah. He can football. He can sling it. Um, and let's be honest, if his, you know, it was a, it was kind of like a game of inches, that mm-hmm. game, you know, like the, 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 the touchdown that originally was not ruled a touchdown. They were, you know, that was a game of him. The, the touchdown that got wiped out because the receiver's foot was on the line. Yeah. When Trubisky was in there. Yeah. Receivers having their hands on the ball, popping it up, interceptions. That game could have won a lot of different ways yesterday. Mm-hmm. Could have, could have. But I do think, uh, that's it for Mr. Trubisky in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Don't they? Oh, I yeah. No. Now, now, now once you go to the kid, you got to stick with the kid. Yeah, he's done. I think he'll be looking for another place next year. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know look, Pickett's he doesn't really now. have anybody to blame but himself. You know, no, he got no. he got the shot. He, he couldn't take it and run with it. They have some issues along the offensive line, but they have they some do. skill. They have some skilled players that that can make plays. But. They, their offense had been terrible, and yeah. he was the quarterback. So, and they drafted a kid in the first round. So, you know, they got to get him in there at some point. Better yeah. late than never. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see what happens. And now, you know, we talk about uh, the two local teams coming up this weekend. We know what's happening with the Jets. They face the Miami Dolphins at Bent Life Stadium. They have not won a game at home. They need to win a game at home. So we'll see what they can do. And, and this is, see, this is going to be the trick for for Zach Wilson here. Okay, because this is the beginning of that six game marathon, you know, Miami. I'm not giving them an order, but Miami, Green Bay, uh, uh, Denver, uh, New England, Buffalo. You know, it was it was it's coming up. This is going to be a tough stretch. So for Jet fans, 
I don't want you to say, oh, my God, we've got our quarterback based on what he did in the fourth quarter yesterday. But I want you to say, hey, you know what? That's a great first step. Let's see what he does this week. And let's see what he does next week. Because, once again, the, the, the competition is going to get better. And if he rises to that, they may not win. But if he rises to that level, Gordon, that's what you're looking for this year. Okay? His goal for the rest of the year is to get better every game and to try to stay healthy and finish out the season. Absolutely. If you get nothing else out of this season, if this is the season where you say, you know what, I know for sure I have my quarterback, then that's the most important thing you can find out this year from the Jets. Because, you, look, mm-hmm. they're going to win some games. They're not going to – you know, they're not going to be 2-15 and 15 or anything like that, but I, I don't think that they're going to be, you know, a 10-win team, a 9-win team. They're going to be in some games, and they, they handled their business, but the toughest part of the schedule is still to come. Yeah, that's it. And so you want, once again, like I always say, you want to be in the game in the fourth quarter with a chance to, to win it. That's what you want. And then you'll find out how to learn to close games because that's the next step, right, Gordon? That's how to close them. And listen, you've done a pretty good job. All right, this would yes, it's not Pittsburgh is not the the, the steel curtain of, of 30 years ago. We got that. But you were still able to find a way down 10 to mount two drives in the fourth quarter to get down the field. So that's a positive. So let's see how they can build on that and try not to get in that situation because to be fair, Gordon, they shouldn't have been in that situation. They should they should have been they had executed earlier. This game was not supposed to be this close. Well, they, I mean, they, they, they had some opportunities and, yeah. and were not you know, able to take advantage of those. But look, the Jets, as you said, have not played well at home. They have not won a division game in forever. They're mm-hmm. taking on another team with a backup quarterback. There's no reason why the Jets can't go out and, and win this game. And as far as the Giants are concerned, this is going to be their toughest test. Because you've got a Green Bay team that Aaron Rodgers has already said after last night, after yesterday's overtime win, we can't continue to win like we're not going to continue to win playing like this. So that means they're going to have a nice, fun week of practice before they head overseas to play the Giants in London. And who's going to be the quarterback for the Giants this week? That's the next question. Yeah, that's a big, that is a big one, right? And because uh, all the injuries there, you, you kind of have to hope that Daniel Jones is, uh, is back and uh, ready to go. And, and these next couple of weeks here for the, for the Giants, uh, I'll say this, if they, can, if they can win against Green Bay. They're rolling. Yeah, I mean that's that's I mean that's really saying something. I mean it is. I mean maybe they're getting the Packers at the right time where they're still struggling, mm-hmm. but you don't face the Eagles until very late in the year. If you can beat the Packers, there's no reason why you can't beat any of the teams on your schedule maybe until that point. With maybe the exception being Dallas at Dallas. Yeah. Which you owe them. But we'll see what you, you do kind of owe them, but that's a long way away. That's not <laughs> until that's away. not until Thanksgiving. That feels, oh, you got some time. You got some time. You got some time.